guys in the comments. Rusty, Tap, and Nova. All right, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Four Guys in a Comic. And coming to you live from a tavern in Pickville, USA, we have Rusty. Man, how's it going? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, we got our favorite Canadian, Nova. Oh, I'm worried about... I'm worried about copyright infringement. <laughs> Just in the background, we're not going to trip too hard, right? Yeah, yes. And last but not least, our favorite tap. Hello, hello, hello. I tap uh, that. Ah, <laughs> nicely played. Nicely yes. played. Oh, I did just get a haircut. You can't really tell right now, but I am looking kind of sexy at the moment. Just saying. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Too sexy for a shirt. <laughs> oh, so gentlemen, anyways. So, God, a lot of reading we, I've been doing. How about you oh, holy reading? God. What have I not read? Yeah, I hear you. You don't want to talk about reading, man. You got to talk about me, man. I haven't had internet in about 16 days now. Uh, hence the background music. At this point, Rusty, I'm pretty sure you just live under a rock. If you don't. <laughs> yeah, have, right. I literally. So I, I get this image of Rusty. He's got a beer in one hand, comic in the other. Just a chair, comic beer, Damn sitting straight. under a rock with a candle. So the question is, how many beers do you go through per issue? Uh, hey man, that's top secret. We How got, much of uh, it is pumpkin? You know, someone wants to commission me. <laughs> well, I know typically I throw the ball at one of you guys, but I'm just going to go ahead and need it off a little bit today. So, you know, this week I've been thinking about all the different comics that you guys talk about and the stuff that I know you enjoy and are always promoting on the podcast. So I decided to go ahead and read the series from each one of you that you guys have been talking about. Ooh. Um, yes. So I'll start it off with, um, I don't know what you've been talking about, Rebirth. So I went ahead and read all seven, I guess, seven issues of the Batman from Rebirth. Okay. And I'll give my good and bad about it. Uh, and I won't hold back too much. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, the first issue was really well done, I thought. It was action-packed, a lot of stuff going on in there. Um, there was a few things that were hard for me to swallow. Um, particularly, you know, here is Batman, you know, like 25 miles away on the rooftop, seeing a plane get hit by a missile. And seconds later, he's on top of the plane, like a, a yeah, American man. cowboy. Like Batman. Lasso, yeah, lasso, <laughs> here he is, lasso like to the plane, controlling the wings. You know, I'm thinking of Slim okay. Pickens riding that bomb off the plane type of scenario. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But the ending of it was just really great. I really loved uh, Gotham and Gotham Girl. I thought that was a great twist, a great um, addition into the story arc. And I, I fell in love with the characters. I really, truly did. See, when and you messaged just, us and you said, Gotham and Gotham Girl, what the hell is this? I was like, oh, he's not going to like it. So I'm actually shocked to hear the opposite. Yeah, no, actually, I think my exact words were WTF. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoyed the characters. I liked their um, backstory and how they got their powers. And But there was another hard pill for me to swallow was because I see – in part of the story, you know, a little bit of spoiler for the listeners, you know, Gotham as a young kid was saved by Batman with his parents, typical Bruce Wayne parent story. And you see Batman talking to him. Great dialogue, by the way. Really well written. I love, I love the stuff in there. But here Gotham and Gotham Girl are growing up about 30 years later, yeah. roughly. Um, Batman's still the same. He should be like 60. 
Did uh, he take the Infinity Formula that I don't know about? Well, How come he hasn't taken it? There's no way it was 30 years. I don't know off the top of my head, but they do mention how long it's been. They went to like, it was like five years or something. I don't know. Well, he was like nine years old when he was saved. It might have been maybe it might have been maybe ten years because Gotham and Gotham Girl were like young. They were like in their like late teens, early twenties. Nah, they to me they look like they're at least twenty five to thirty in the art. Well, it's yeah, you never know. And I can't tell if Rusty's agreeing with me or if he's um, rocking out to the music. I think he's rocking out. (laughs) The way I see it is, I mean, I I figure her and and Duke are Gotham Girl and Duke are sort of in the same age range since they're kind of. Flirty, flirty. So, but you know, but moving on with the issue, no, issue five. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now I've watched your uh, the YouTube video that uh, Nova and Tap put together. Um, By the way, congratulations, guys! You know, we've got over two hundred views. For those of you who haven't watched uh, the review from these two gentlemen, go to our YouTube channel, check it out. It's a nice success, and a lot of people really enjoyed it. However, um, I had a little bit of problems with a, a few things. I liked the whole. You know, Alfred in the bat suit and the, the showing how fast he's going when he hits Gotham. Yeah. To have him taken out so easily by the JLA, that I it just didn't agree with me. You know, and then for Gotham Girl to be the one to take him out, that was a little bit hard for me. But overall, the issue was awesome. I was like, oh man, I want to read this again. It was, it was good. It was really good. See, uh, I, I, I will have to disagree just because of how, how their powers work. But um, I, I can understand why someone wouldn't like him taking out the entire Justice League. But mm-hmm. I thought it was but, I thought it was really well done. But, but the uh, panel to see, you know, Aquaman get a face plant was actually kind of cool to see. <laughs> I mean, Cyborg, Cyborg gets a hole blasted in him, and it's just yeah. that was good. I yeah. really like that. Now, that story arc... Uh, it was very well put together, well crafted, and I put that up there for anybody to, uh, to read. It's a must read. But come issue six and seven, um, that's where I got I tuned out of this uh, series. I did not like. The was whole that the Night of the Monster Men? Yeah. Okay. Ignore mon- that. Yeah. Ignore all that. That's just like a little side yeah. thing that Steve Orlando <laughs> was doing. Um, I was gonna say I've heard uh, plenty enough about like Monster Men on the yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. There's it, it, people were fans. That actually made me like, oh, do I even want to continue reading the series or not? Well, you know? it's going to go back to uh, Tom King here. Um, I think mm-hmm. Monster Man's ended now, so now it'll go back to, to being Tom King. But basically what the Monster Man was, it was a crossover that Steve Orlando was doing across the three different books, uh, Batman, mm-hmm. Detective, and Nightwing. Yeah. And it, yeah. uh, uh, we think that they're trying to get Honest, I don't know why, but my opinion is they're trying to get Steve Orlando's name out there a little bit more because he's going to start writing uh, uh, JLA next in January, I believe it is. So I think they're just trying to get his name out there a little bit more. Um, See, my spin on it was is they're trying to get readers to pick up the other books that may not have been doing so well. So if you want to understand the story arc, pick up the other books to find out what exactly Possibly, but I think... Nightwing. It's not, yeah, Nightwing. it's not really an indication for the other titles either, just okay. because they're. It's just it has nothing to do with what those books have been. Yeah, you know, the storylines completely been, yeah. separate. And Nightwing has been amazing. Uh, I think it was also a good way for them to just give James Tiny and uh, Tom King, and Tom King, and and what's oh my friend Tim Seeley. But for that series, for Batman Rebirth, at a scale of one to ten, I give it a solid three. What? Um, yep, I give it a three. 
It was I think one the being the two, best. It was the last two issues that really did it in for me. That really make me made me drop it. I'm just I'm just throwing my honest. My but that's not my, even Tom King writing it though, so you can't really judge by those last two. You got to judge this by is, the first. Red doesn't even like Batman either, so it's just and that's and like, that's another. Yeah. He's you like know, screw I mean, Batman. And, that, and yeah. you guys know that I went in there as you know. I'm not a huge Batman fan, but I read it anyways. But you know. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it enough to give it a, a three, um, but it was the last. That's like, I'm going to I'm going to continue reading it though. Hopefully, we'll pick that it up. That sounds like that's like saying, saying they hated that's it. like saying I enjoyed that meal so much I threw up eighty percent of it. <laughs> now we got to hold up on that. So from there, I'm going to move on to Rusty. You know, I know Rusty is our Cosmos guy, and he loves his Venom and all that good stuff. So I read, I think it was what twelve issues of the Venom Space Knight. And I'm going to tell you, I it was a hard for me to actually pick it up because I'm not a huge Venom fan. I finally picked it up, and you know what? I fell in love with it. Oh. Um, I I was I couldn't put it down. I read all of it in one sitting. It was just like I couldn't put it put it down. I wanted more. And when the twelfth issue was done, I was like, "That's it. I need more to read." The stories were pretty well written. Um, the art was was pretty good. I loved the uh, how do I want to put it, Venom's and or or uh, Flash's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, that way they talk kind of remind me of Deadpool with the sarcasm. Uh, so it was really good. I, I loved all of it, including our big fuzzy you know panda bear in, in the series. <laughs> So, Rusty, any comments? See, that's cool that you enjoyed it. I mean, the panda bear and just, like, making Flash his own character, I think, was the main focus of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, overall, it seemed like a good story. I mean... But I do have to say, in the series, I did love the little cameo we had with Spider-Man and uh, a little in the fight scene. I thought that was pretty well written, drawn, and put together. It's a nice little addition to it. But uh, in the end, this is one series I will continue. Uh, you know, I'd love to continue uh, reading. I give it a five out of a five. So wait, hey, cool. Batman gets three out of ten. And three, out of five. I, three out of five. Oh, out of five. I think you said three out of ten. That's why me and no, Nova were like, five. "What? Three out of ten? Okay, still yeah. a six out of no, ten. No, three out of five. Three out of five and a five. Uh, yeah, three out of five. For okay, five fair enough. Five, that makes four. a little. That makes a little bit more sense because we said three out of yeah. ten. What? What the hell? No, 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 no. no. For six two issues. Out. Oh, three out of yeah. ten is three out of ten. But I mean, like, if you want to do three out of five, that's six out of ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like I said, Batman three out of five for, for me personally, and uh, Venom Space Knight five out of five for me. Yeah, and, Venom is spot on the. Um, Supernatural, and he put it out. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, the let's see. So I've gone through two series. I got four, uh, two more to go. I'm halfway through it all. Um, so, tap. I yeah. know you love your Moon Knight. Oh yes, sir. Most definitely. So I've read all. I think it's what seven issues. Correct. Of the new Moon seven issues yes. are currently out. Yes. And what can I say? I give it a one out of a five. <laughs> I did not care for it. Are you serious? I'm I'm serious, Jeez. and and I it was the story, the so art, much. and the arc. I, I mean, to me, it was just seven issues of trying to figure out what's real, what's not real, what's going on. I had a hard time with it. It took me 
two days to get through it. Oh, sir. And I, I, I yeah, I know I was going to disappoint you with that, but for me personally, I really had a hard time with it. And I just, and that's what I want to ask you: What is it about it that you love that you see in it that maybe I don't? Well, one, the art by Greg Smallwood is fantastic. I know he hasn't done the last couple issues because uh, he's taking a little bit break, and then he's coming back on the next arc. So lately, the art's been by uh, Francesco Francavilla, who I also absolutely love his art. Um, so the art's been phenomenal, and Greg Smallwood's covers are top. Now, like his issue seven cover with the howling. Oh my lord! I want that on a shirt. Um, you know what? I can say I was reading on con- I'm off of Comicology. I may not have paid. paid- too much attention to the covers to tell you the truth but jeff lemire's writing is i'm prior to moon knight i wasn't real familiar with jeff lemire i know he's been around a long time and he's done a lot of stuff but i never really read anything by him um until moon knight and i absolutely fell in love with his crazy line of thinking Mm -hmm. um it is crazy. It's it is off the wall. And it took me, I think, two issues or so to really kind of get into it. Um, so I didn't love it right away. It did take me a couple issues to get into it. Uh, but once I did, I said, oh, my God, this is amazing. I was like, is it real? Is it not real? Like, this is a total mind fuck. You know, I was like, what's, what's real? What's not? Like, I was getting sucked into it. And then when it comes out to the part, I think it's like an issue four or five where it's like, oh, it's just a dream. Uh, a lot of people were like really upset because they thought that was a cop out, mm-hmm. but it turns out there's more to it. It's not just a dream. A like, there's there's a lot more to it, and yeah. it's just an absolutely crazy, crazy ride. So if you are a fan of uh, people like I don't know, Nova, have you been reading Moon Knight? Uh, I think I read five issues or so. Okay, so maybe you can help me out with this. We were kind of talking about like crazy writers that just throw really trippy stuff out there, like Grant Morrison and whatnot. Would you say that Jeff Lemire with this arc Ooh, is similar Grant to? Morrison. Would you say that like the just the crazy stuff? It goes all the way from having the Egypt in the middle of New York all the way to fucking space werewolves in issue seven. I oh, mean, it's oh. so it's so completely random and different that it does. I love rem- space werewolves. Yeah, see, <laughs> so it just reminds me of something completely bizarre and different that, like, yeah. you'd almost see like a Grant Morrison type writer do, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. It's just trippy. Um, it, it, Speaking it, of trippy, I, little... I, I I think of somebody on acid writing it. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like six different stories blended into one. But it's all done so well and smoothly that it's just, I don't know, it's crazy. Well, so, I'm I'm sorry, no, you you wanted to um, chime in on something. No, I was just going to say, yeah, I think uh, Warren Ellis kind of does that kind of stuff, too. Hey, can guest speaker chime in real quick? This is Mikey Russell in Ditton, Texas. All right, Mike Russell from Texas. Fantastic. Uh, I have been digging the new Punisher Daredevil crossover. Why is that? Because it's... When I first got into comic books, my buddy was all Daredevil. I was all Punisher. And I like to see that they are keeping that going. I think it is part of the, the Netflix... You know, Daredevil, and then bringing the Punisher into it, but I think I think they're doing it pretty right on as far as the writing and the comics are going so far. 
So, Mike, and, I see that Rusty's sitting next to you and doesn't have any uh, headphones on. So a little thing about him that you can tease him with all night if you want to have real fun with him. Every chance you have, make sure you ask you tell him to go read Invincible, okay? Okay. And get everybody in the bar <laughs> to get on page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can do that. Uh, How so invincible do you feel? Pretty invincible. He said pretty invincible. Yeah, I can hear him through the mic, yes. So, yeah, get the whole bar to go on, go in on with it. And, uh, yeah, just get him to, you know, give him a hard time. invincible. All right, Mike, well, we appreciate you coming on with and joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank I'm going to sign out. All right, All right thank, thank you. you. Awesome, thanks. All right. Well, the last thing I'm going to quickly throw out there is um, because of uh, time is that uh, I went through all ten issues of – the first ten issues of the 1977 Star Wars um, by Roy Thomas. And for those of you uh, who are Star Wars fans, feel free to check out uh, my reviews on YouTube. I've reviewed issues one through five in one segment and issues six through ten in another segment. I'm thoroughly enjoying the series, and if you're a fan of Star Wars, uh, check it out on our YouTube as well, and you know, make sure you check out uh, our Rebirth stuff and all my image stuff as well. So now I'm going to throw it over to Tap. Tap, yes, what have sir. you been reading? Oh, lordy. Um, I'm going to keep this kind of short and sweet. I've been reading everything. Um, so obviously the DC Rebirth stuff, that's a whole other podcast. Um, I've also been reading some older DC stuff. Uh, such as, uh, well, more Vertigo, I guess, such as The Sandman. I've been reading a lot of Sandman lately. Um, I've also read all, I think it's 19 issues now, of Amazing Spider-Man on the current run. And then I also read the first issue of Clone Conspiracy. And I'm absolutely in love. So, like I said, I made a mistake a few weeks ago. (laughs) I was about to say, you got the clone conspiracy going on, and god dang. Yeah, it's a, (laughs) god, it's such a fun, it's a fun, fun, fun title. So, Jabo, thank you, sir, uh, for making me go back and reread it. Um, Hey, Zeus, actually, I I believe it is, um, that was telling me that I need to go back and read Old Man Logan. Um, Especially if I like Jeff Lemire as much as I do with, uh, in regards to Moon Knight. Um, he's telling me that I need to go back and read Old Man Logan, so I need to go read that as well. I haven't had a chance. Um, but I've been reading a lot of Goon. I've been reading a lot of Spawn. I've been reading a lot of Conan the Slayer by Colin Bunn. Uh, God, I've been reading... Oh, oh my God, the one I'm most excited about right now. Sorry, this is just dawned on me. I just read it last <laughs> night, and I'm so excited about it. I wish I had a... a, a, a everybody could see your hand. Action <laughs> yeah. No, I'm very, I'm very, very, very excited about this. Um, so as you guys know, I'm a, I'm a big goon fan, uh, as is Nova. So Nova, if you haven't read this yet, you gotta go check it out. Eric Powell is doing a, well, a couple new books, but one of the new books he's doing is called Chimichanga. Oh, and... Yeah. Uh, Chimichanga issue one, we got early access to, so I, I read it and I am absolutely in love with this book. It reminds me, it kind of little bit reminds me of, uh, uh, I hate fairyland a little bit, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has Eric Powell's signature style, uh, not art cause somebody else is doing the art, but writing style. It has his signature writing style to it. And, I am in love with Chimichanga. Uh, you gotta check out Chimichanga from Dark Horse Comics. It is fan freaking tastic. Does it have anything to do with the actual food, or did he just call it that so people would say I love Chimichanga? Um, <laughs> there, there is a no. There is a 
uh, monster, I guess you could say, uh, and his the monster's name is Chimichanga. Oh, okay. Either way, I guess it works both ways. Why it's named Chimichanga, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, but no, it's just... So- this is a title that hasn't been used before. Yeah, so by all means, you have to check out uh, that because, oh, it was such a fun, fun, fun read. Um, but I've been reading a lot of Spectre, some Martian Manhunter, um, some like older stuff, some older JLA that I'm still trying to get through. Uh, yeah, gotta, I've had a they, very wide variety week. It's been a lot of they fun. they got to start paying you for all this reading, man. I know, right? I've been having a ton of fun. It's good. That's what it's all. That's what it's he all paid about. With a gift of literacy. Yeah. Any 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 one out of fives on your end tap? Any one out of fives? Um. Oh, can I? Well, we haven't we haven't done rebirth yet. But by the time this oh, yeah. drops, well, we're Justice good. Justice came out this week. So. Yeah. So did Harley Quinn. So I've read them both, and I can tell you right now, Justice League's a two out of five. No, I Wait take that minute. back. Justice you read League's Harley a, Quinn. Justice League's a one out of five, and Harley Quinn's also a one out of five. Remember how two weeks ago Nova I said that I actually kind Kinda of like enjoyed her. it. Yeah. Yeah. Not this time. It, it, I skimmed through half of it. I didn't even read it all. I couldn't do it. I just I couldn't get through it. It was too. It's not for me. It's not meant for me. It's a good thing I'm not going to read it then. Yeah. So. <laughs> or Green Arrow. Yeah, anyway. Green Arrow's so out. So I... you better be reading that. Um, but no, so that's I what I got. Um, so going from myself, uh, let's see. Popcorn Nova. What do you have for us? What did you call me? Didn't you Popcorn? ever do? Didn't you ever do that when you were a kid? It's an '80s and '90s thing. Tap apparently. I guess. Shit, I don't know, but yeah, Popcorn Nova. Okay, well, um, I read some pretty cool things. So I read uh, the first six issues of the Dynamite James Bond, written by mm. Warren Ellis. Oh yeah, how art was by that? Jason Masters, and it was fantastic. I had such a good time reading it. It felt. 100% like James Bond. Um, the story wasn't... It wasn't one of the best missions that Mr. Bond has been on, but I, I really did enjoy it. Uh, the art was amazing. Jason Masters, wherever he's been, I hope he keeps doing work, because he is... He's great. He's he, The action scenes were amazing, and I just... I loved it. It was really good. I was very sh- taken aback. Um, now, Nova, real quick, wouldn't you love to see, like, a Velvet Templeton James Bond story? I I would. I very much would. Oh, it would be cool. I mean, I I think we need we need Brew Baker to go and just for once move away from an image comic and do this Dynamite James Bond series because mm-hmm. he it is it is him. Yeah. Um, another thing I read that was pretty sweet from Image was uh, this title called Solstice, which was written by Steven Siegel with art by Moritat. Um, and this is pretty old. I think it's about a decade old or so. It blew me away. I, I read it all in one sitting. There's only three issues in this hardcover. Um, and it's basically about boy and his dad. Not a boy. A, a, a kid and, and his father basically trying to find the fountain of youth. Um, and it is just... Oh, it's so emotionally gripping. And it just jumps from one like one extreme to another. And you, you just get really attached to these characters. And I thought it was a really good job that Steven uh, Siegel did with the writing. And, of course, Mortat's artwork was pretty solid. Uh, I'm still getting warmed up to him. He's doing Constantine now, so Tap knows who what his art looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's got its moments for sure but it was really good if you guys ever have a chance to check that out i'm sure you can get all the issues on comiXology for like five bucks six bucks and lastly i read um a little valiant i was reading some 90s exo man of war which was very 90s and very very fun just over the top violence um over the top muscles and uh yeah uh, it was a a lot of variety in my week as well but uh, i didn't get as much reading done as i'd like Mm -hmm. in all honesty do we ever really yeah i guess so sort of sort of there's that debate between sleep and more comics yes Uh, it's when it comes down to it man yes you gotta one more issue you got to work to make more money to get the comics than you spend all your time that you could be reading doing this work. And it's just a cycle of um, chasing <laughs> comics, really. But yeah, so I think I guess we've that, got... Yeah. True story. <laughs> Speaking of true stories, uh, and the last person we have left... Rusty, uh, do you have any true stories for us this week? I have a bunch of true stories, man. Ooh. I haven't had uh, internet for ongoing of 16 to 18 days now. So wow. all I've rage. been able to do is read comic books. And, I mean, we got the uh, awesome uh, surf rock going on in the background right now. But, um... I and I apologize beforehand. Uncanny Avengers, where uh, the uh, X Men, the mutants, have uh, taken upon themselves to be like, "Hey, man, uh, Steve Rogers is a bad guy. Let's uh, make our own group and uh, be X Men, but not X Men, kind of thing." You know what I mean? All in all. It seems like, you know, Marvel wants to do their own thing with the group, but um, they have all their own titles. I mean, whether it goes to Uncanny X-Men or it goes to Extraordinary X-Men or all new X-Men, I mean, there is something going on. And Steve, have um, you talked about Death of X? I don't think uh, you did. No, I haven't yet. And I mean, Death of X seems pretty dang cool. If y'all haven't read it yet, y'all better read it. But at the same time, and I mean, some of y'all may agree with me, the art is a little skeptical. What do you think, uh, Nova Tap Red? Have y'all read the uh, series yet for Death of X? Nope. I have not. No. I read the first issue. Uh, what did you think, Nova? Do you think the art was a little uh, skeptical? Did you think it was acceptable, or did you think that? Uh... I thought it was very skeptical, and I thought it yeah. was a little coy at times. No, it, yeah. it wasn't that good, um, especially for like a, I guess what will, will be considered a fairly significant part of. Um, yeah, who knows? Who wrote yeah, it? Uh, okay, so it was with Adam Jeff Lemire. It was what's his name? I know he was doing action comics recently. I name him Nova. I will, I will. It's coming to me. It's coming to me. I'm I'm currently channeling my brain through the ether. Aaron Cooter. <laughs> That's it. 
Yeah. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Cooter cut or something like that. And if you haven't read the series yet, I mean, Jeff Lemire's doing the uh, writing for it, which is pretty solid. I mean, he's going to do Thanos. He's been, he's been doing Extraordinary X-Men, so there's some kind of explanation to why he is going to do it. But at the same time, it's just like... What the hell is this? We have uh, Jeff Lemire, who is the master of just working on as many things as he can work on. And this is another thing that he's working on is Death of X. And, I mean, you can't really complain because you want it to be something fantastic. But at the same time, he's already working on a million other things. So it's like, really, am I going to blame him for this work when he's working on at least five to six other titles you know what i mean so you can blame marvel because they gave it to him even though he's doing all that shit so yeah Yeah. it is their fault at the end of the day as always as always uh, all right Uh, I I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the recent Cyclops, but I was reading Graham Morrison's new X-Men, which highly recommended, of course. Uh, he basically made the X-Men cool. Um, and I did like Cyclops in that. I thought he was a pretty, pretty cool guy, even though he was basically cheating on Jean Grey with Emma, which is, uh, I mean, he's a pimp. I don't know how he is. He whines a lot, and I like how Wolverine calls him out. He's like, you whine all the time, and you're kind of a loser, but all the women, all the hottest women are after you. It makes no sense. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, he's kind of like a, a loser. You like him like a loser. He's, you take pity on him is really what it comes down to, unless you're Tofu and you genuinely like him. <laughs> Love you, Tofu. <laughs> yeah, he's an arm. He's an army of one. Yes, he is. Standing against everyone else. Yeah. Oh, well, I'll tell you. It, for me, it's been a yeah, forty some issues I've read this week. <laughs> Being an image guy, I am. It's been difficult because I haven't read one image title. <laughs> wow. We've been image free this week, but I said that last week. I told you last week, guys, that I'm going to take a break. And hasn't Black Monday word. Murders dropped this week? Uh, issue three, I think it's next week. Oh, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen... I'm still waiting on a Birthright to drop. I haven't seen Birthright come out in a little while. Ooh, have yeah. any of you guys read The Reborn? Nah, By, I have uh, yeah. Mark, Mark Millar and... Uh, no, wait. Did I? I don't remember now. I've read so much. I don't think I did. I think I was going to. It's on my list. Yeah, it's on my list, too. I don't think I've gotten to it yet, either. though. On my short-term list, actually. But... Fair enough, yeah. Uh, like I was gonna say, you know, I've I went ahead. I've read some series for each one of you this week, and I'm gonna throw a challenge out to you guys. If you all could try and pick up and read Outcast, I think I could do that. It's right up my alley, I, anyway. It's on my it short list. I can make it happen. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think uh, I don't know, Rusty. I think you should read Invincible. <laughs> That's Rusty's challenge. <laughs> Think so? Maybe it think might happen. He just, he just went for the series to end so he can read it all in one fell swoop. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah, <laughs> I believe so, it. So, have you guys heard any good news uh, or any interesting news in the world of comics these days? Interesting news. What do you think about all the uh, new Doctor Strange and everything else? I'm, ex- uh, I'm excited. <laughs> Although I don't understand the whole reverse trailer thing. Like uh, they were saying, that, like, oh, if you play the trailer backwards, like it tells a different story. 
I watched the Marvel official version of the trailer being played backwards, and I still don't get the point of that. I'm like, uh, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know, but uh, I, I don't understand the reverse trailer. I, I, play backwards. It goes, Johnny Storm is the devil. Well, I do have a couple things, mostly DC related. One is, well, this is DC, and I think is it Boom. I don't know, but there is a... No, it might be IDW. Well, I guess Tap will confirm. There is a Justice League Mighty Morphin Power Rangers crossover confirmed. That will be yeah. Boom. It, yes, I Boom. believe it's Boom. It is, that's yeah. Boom. And there, you know, DC's been, been whispering some things about uh, the feature of, you know, there's an, an, an obviously an inevitable DC Watchmen crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, they've talked about some new uh, Rebirth titles that will be released. And they've mentioned that Greg Capullo will be working with uh, Mr. Snyder for a new event next year. That's all they've said. No news, no other news besides that. Well, I hope to criminy that it's better than what Snyder's been doing on All-Star Batman. Yes, it would be nice. (laughs) Also, just lastly, because this made me very happy, um, market share for September, 43.5% DC. Mm Mm-hmm. They uh, and Marvel dropped down to thirty. They basically uh, stole the spotlight. I think Rebirth has done well for them. Yes, yes Rebirth has. has done very well. Yeah, so that's uh, it's good news. I mean, these are like we're talking issues that are up in the number six and and seven. Uh, so it is good. Uh, I guess people are continuing to read. It made me sad to see Justice League as the fifth top selling book um, of the <laughs> of the it month. It made me sad, sad that it's even in the top five. That book should be both, down in the bottom. Both issues, <laughs> both issues in September made the top ten. I, Insane. I, I don't know why. But five. Okay, is so it's snake funny. is snake buying them all. Is that what's probably happening? Probably is. <laughs> yeah. So issue issue number four was ranked number five. Issue number five ranked number ten. So okay, well like at least it did drop. At least it did. A lot drop. of people said no. This is unacceptable, which is good because it, it is not acceptable. Have Have you read this upcoming weeks yet? The preview that we got, Nova. I have not. Okay, we'll discuss it more on uh, the other day, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I assume it's not very good. Message me when you're done with it, and we'll talk. Oh, Rusty, I have something for you. This seems like fairly new news. Um, right, there is a teaser for from Marvel saying an end, a beginning, resurrection, spelled with an X. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. It looks like death of X already means nothing. It's I'm uh, assuming that it means nothing, and we're going to bring back a uh, wine clop. So, uh, so we'll just roll with it. And I mean, the ultimate ending to this whole X Men agenda, we already know, is going to be uh, Professor X somehow getting his brain back from red skull who is being mm-hmm. mischievous and i mean uh maybe uh, michael will eventually tell us about it after he's done being a hydra agent so uh... don't count on it no <laughs> i don't really have that much not much not a lot of exciting stuff i've just been doing so much reading but on the news front i think that with new york comic con the last week that we got spoiled with all the news there's no really there's not a lot of news currently. Yeah. The, the one thing I was going to throw out there, one thing that uh, Comicology did uh, f- um, 
for New York Comic Con as well as San Diego Comic Con this year is they came out with two sets of trading cards. Each set is 31 cards um, specifically for each convention. And those cards are, are like standard baseball cards of artists and writers. And they're hmm. really well done. Comicology, I th- they, they put something really cool together. And the thing was, is look, people would get the cards and they would go um, get them signed. And they're already circulating on eBay from anywhere from 15 up to $50 a, a card if it's signed. Uh, they're being sought after. I myself, I would love to get them. They're really fun. It looks like something that Comic College will be continuing to do in the future years. And if you haven't seen them, at least go on eBay, check out Comicology. Uh, uh, just type in Comicology, San Diego Comic Con, or New York Comic Con, and they typically always pop straight up, and you can see the different cards that are on the set. Like I said, it's really cool, really fun, and a little new thing that you can do and collect. Hmm. They do look cool. Yeah. But other than that, the exciting thing is, you know, for you listeners out there, you know, there is some new wear shirts that you can get that will just make you look cool. And I think you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yes, sir. Oh, my gosh. If you want the four guys in a comic t-shirt, be sure to message us. I mean, you can message us at four guys in a comic at aol.com or you can message us on twitter or you can message us on facebook i mean there's some multiple options or you can go to rusty's bar and have a drink with them <laughs> <laughs> that works too you know i will and definitely order you a shirt if you want to buy me a drink yeah these shirts are uh, very well made. They are a nice heavy cotton blend. So for those that live in the tropics, I know they've kind of complained a little bit because it gets a little too hot. But overall, they're really solid. They the mine have been washed a million times, and guess what? They're still solid. There's no holes. There's no fading. There's no nothing. So they're really solid quality shirts, and you can get them shipped to you for only. $20. That's the shirt $20. with shipping. Yep, shirt and oh shipping, God. flat rate, that, 20 bucks. Wow. That and can't if, be right. That is just too cheap. I know, bucks, right? That's because we want to pass. We don't necessarily want profit from these. We just want people to spread the love of four guys. And Please. we want you to wear that. And you can give it in all sorts of different colors, too. Like right now, the pictures that we've had out are black and white and then the classic logo. You can get them in any color you want, though. Literally. If you want pink, you get pink. Correct. Rusty's got purple and yellow. I was going to say, I do have purple and yellow, and they are both fantastic. Uh, My fiance, if you are ordering for your lady friend, there is multiple colors beyond uh, the white and black because that was her main concern. She wanted something unique, and there are unique colors. So you can get it for yourself. Or your lady friend on the uh, the Lolo for uh, or your boyfriend, whichever. How so much what Russell's basically how saying is, grab a shirt and you too will get a fiance. Yeah, of your <laughs> yeah. choosing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get it on that cheap, cheap. 
Yeah, twenty dollars <laughs> flat like, rate. We'll get you any color you want. Um, international shipping. I know there's been some concern about international. I think for international shipping, it was an additional like two dollars, maybe something like that. It's still really that. cheap, even yeah. for international. So be sure to hit us up. We will hook you up with your new wear. Absolutely. Yep, and uh, we also have our comic Bendito. Comic Bento. 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 <laughs> Hola. A lot of Spanish bandits. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, comic Bento blind box comic book trade paperback monthly service. Uh, it's twenty dollars a month plus shipping. Unless you order multiple months, then it gets even cheaper. Or, better yet, click on our special link. You're going to get 15% off your very first month. And they're going to send you over $50 worth of trade paperbacks every month. Um, and it's going to be stuff that maybe you've been interested in, but you were like this last month, the theme was as seen on TV. <laughs> and I got Garbage Pail Kids, which I had been wanting to read, but I just hadn't shelled out the bucks for it. So uh, I ended up getting it this month. I was actually pretty excited. So yeah, go ahead, check it out. You can see my review online. They do really good, uh, or on YouTube, they do really good packaging, really solid shipping. They're now shipping uh, middle of the month rather than waiting till the end of the month. So we this month you're going to be getting it towards the end just because of when this falls but starting in november on if you order you're going to start getting it uh probably by like the 20th of the month you should have it in your mailbox so and just think if you got a six months uh subscription used our link down below save that money you could still get a four guys in a comic t-shirt and still be ahead of the game yeah I mean, you're getting $50, even at even at the most, even if you shelled out $20 with shipping, I think it's like $25. Even if you shelled out $25 a month, you're still getting $50 worth of trade paperbacks. You can spend that $25 plus $20 on a four-guy shirt. That's only $45. You're getting a shirt and $50 worth of trade paperbacks. What? Yeah. I mean, why are you even listening to this still and not buying it? I don't get it. Exactly. Go ahead and Pull over. It. It'll be worth it. Call today yeah. at six eight two comic. <laughs> now, now tap the comic bento books. They're all in English. Yes. Yes, sir. They are all in English. The downfall, I will say, I do want to throw this out there. The downfall is though, as of right now, to my knowledge, comic bento only does ship in the U.S. I think they do Canada as well, but shipping's a lot more, if I remember correctly. But they do not do like international shipping. Last I knew. Okay. So for all of you Venezuelan listeners out there, we apologize. But you can still get a shirt. Hey, from what I've seen, we got some people out that listen to us in Denmark. Uh, yeah. So if that is the yeah, case, worldwide. thank you. Yeah. yeah. Hit us up. I want to know what countries people listen to us in. I know that there's a lot in the U.S., obviously. Uh, but I've been seeing, you know, on our trends, like a lot of different countries. And I'm curious. Hit us up. I want to communicate with people. Yes. We can be our comic pen pal. Yes, we can do it. The comic bullpen. We can bring the comic bullpen back. Yeah, let's do it. Don't be afraid. I will write you back. No, be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> be afraid. <laughs> if he sends a pick, yeah, don't open it. <laughs> he'll only write down. He'll only write back after he's been at the bar for X amount of hours. We're still determining the end. <laughs> hey, you know it might be worth it. All that, yeah. I've had a few Chardonnays, one of it. <laughs> I've had about two pumpkins worth of pumpkin beer, and uh, exactly, I think you got the right uh, the right recipe down, Nova. There you go. Well, I think on that note, it's time to go ahead and have a word. <laughs>
<laughs> we're with our oh, from liver die. God, I'm losing it. <laughs> I'm watching a rusty in the background. Right? His eyes are slowly closing. Like, like he's going to pass out. <laughs> I'll be here. We will be around. And live or die is going to tell us what's happening next. Be sure to check in to the next edition of Four Guys on Comic Beyond. Beyond our round table and next we have a special guest with us and stick around all right everyone welcome back to a brand new episode of four guys and a comic this is tap and with me, as always, I have my boys, Nova, Rusty, and Red. Gentlemen, how are you? Hey, what's going on? So well, far, so good. Day. And with us tonight, we have a very special guest, uh, writer for Top Cow Comics, Eclipse, brand new series just out, issue one dropped not that long ago, none other than Mr. Zach Kaplan. Sir, welcome to the show. Hey, how you guys doing? So, um, like I said, first time writer, correct? This is your first comic? Yeah, this is my first comic. Very Ooh, cool. Congrats. Thank you. So how did you get started with Top Cow then? Like, how did you, like, what was the process, I guess? Blackmail. Blackmail <laughs> worked really well to get into Man. the industry. You so find you had, somebody important and you uh, get some dirt on them. Uh, you will have a long career. You just keep doing that. Uh, so we got to ask, what's the dirt you have on, on Matt Hopkins? <laughs> yeah, I, I take it to the grave with me. I get, it, it, it keeps on giving. Uh, yeah, if I give it out, then everybody would be able to use it. No, uh, I, 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 I don't know what I did, and uh, I don't know that I'll ever know. But, um, but yeah, I've been pitching a long time trying to get a comic, and uh, and uh, got Eclipse uh, into Matt Hawkins' hands, and uh, he went for it, and. Uh, and the, and the rest is uh, is uh, the unfolding of Eclipse. Well, I have read issue one, so I got to say I'm very grateful that Matt went for it because issue one was spot on. It was great. I'm really excited Thank about you. this. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, Matt would have chosen it if it wasn't, right? Well, I I, don't, <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. Uh, I, I haven't studied his... his uh, I like a lot of his books. I mean, he he explores a lot of science fiction stuff. I'm a science fiction fan, so I think we have that that passion in common of, of looking at uh, what ifs with science. So uh, yeah, very cool. So you were saying that you've been pitching for a while to him. What are some of the other stories that you pitched over the years to him? No, not just, just to Matt. To just in general. I mean, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, I've you know sent out ideas to all sorts of publishers and uh, and uh, so this was just the first one that that I've landed and uh, you know I've put out you know a one page before I've put out a twenty page before I've written script samples before you know so um no yeah it was this was just the one that that uh, someone said yes to. Very cool. So what inspired you to uh, come up with this story? Yeah, I was uh, a poker dealer for a year here in Los Angeles, and I was working the graveyard shift at the the seedy casino, and I would uh, drive home uh, at sunrise every morning. 
and the sun would be out and uh, the streets would be empty. And it was just me in these empty sun-filled streets and everybody else seemed to be hiding inside. And that was kind of the germination of it all. But I think I disconnected life at the time because I was working a night shift. Everyone else was doing their, their day thing. And so uh, I think uh, as I was coming up with the idea, it, all, it also kind of all this uh, kind of feeling of like being disconnected from society and uh, kind of came out and kind of uh, that comes through and, and, the, and backs the, the hero and uh, Eclipse. He's, he's working an opposite shift uh, in, in this society the the world is flipped people work during the night and sleep during the day but he's working uh the equivalent of a graveyard shift which is now a daytime shift and he's passing everybody on his way home and he's kind of disconnected from them so kind of all stemmed from that experience of uh, working a night shift well some of the best comics also stem from our, our own experiences too so it seems like that's what you pulled from yeah for sure that's yeah, pretty cool. So for those that are not privileged for reading Eclipse, can you give us a little rundown of what it's about? Yeah, it's a world where the sun will burn you alive if you go outside. Um, there's been some sort of solar cataclysm. We're not exactly sure what, but the sun's rays have become deadly to human beings, to any living uh, organism, basically. And uh, contact with the sun's rays will cause somebody to immediately uh, start to combust and burn, burn up. And uh, so society survived by becoming nocturnal. Um, there's a select few guys called Icemen who uh, they've discovered uh, these clunky kind of astronaut suits that get very limited exposure out in the day. Uh, and they can put on these suits and, and stay cool and not burn for, for short periods of time. And so our hero, is, he's a solar engineer who goes out and fixes the infrastructure. Um, but then suddenly... Uh, there's a killer going around killing people using sunlight uh, to do so. And uh, this guy, because of his experience moving around during the day, is brought in to help stop the killer. And uh, that's where the story begins. Daywalker. Yeah, Daywalker. <laughs> now, was there any of this that was taken from you know, the effects of global warming and stuff, did the idea come from anything like that that we're currently actually going through in real life right now? Yeah, I mean, without getting, without bringing any sort of politics into it, I mean, absolutely our environment is changing. Uh, people have a very different uh, relationship with the sun than they did 100 years ago. I mean, the sun for all of time has been a life-giving force. I don't think that 100 years ago... People were afraid to go out into the sun for fear of it being too hot, of being having skin cancer or being exposed to, uh, to heat stroke or burning alive. Uh, but, you know, nowadays we, um, we have a different relationship with the sun. And so I think it was tapped into all that. And, yeah, the fact that, you know, we fear food shortages and uh, water droughts, but we kind of take for granted the sun. And so, yeah, absolutely, wrapped in the whole thing is the kind of what we take for granted in our environment and, uh, you know, what happens 50 years from now and could we be in a world where we can't go outside? And I think absolutely we could. I think, you know, it's absolutely a cautionary tale. 
No, you've got you're working with Giovanni Timpano on this. Uh, hopefully, I didn't butcher his last name. No, but, I think that's um, it. Giovanni did, Timpano. Yeah. How did you guys uh, get together to work on this project? He he was an artist that Top Cow had in. Uh, uh, they had their eye on him, and uh, when I came in to start doing Eclipse, they gave me a list of artists to look at, and Giovanni, his stuff immediately leapt out at me. Um, I always thought that Eclipse had kind of kind of a noir aspect to it in some ways, and he had been working on The Shadow and Justice Inc. His, he was really good at playing with light and shadow, and I just thought, this guy's perfect for it. And he had been doing a lot of franchise stuff, but he had never done his own world. So one thing that's really great about Gio is when he came on board, I mean, he poured his heart and soul into it. And, I mean, I think I'm a passionate um, first-time writer, so, I mean, I'm here I am pouring my heart into it, and, and he was ready to do the same. And so, um, you know, some of his work is really detailed. He would take a crowd scene and just spend... I guess days, you know, really um, carving it out. He's even talked really uh, for any of you artists out there who are listening. He's talked a, a lot about changing his style up because I guess before he had these really heavy brush strokes that he would use, but he really wanted to have as little liquid on the page as possible. So he changed his style to use more like a fine tip and have smaller lines to kind of create an arid feel to the whole thing. So he put a lot of thought into what style he was going to use. Um, he's just been uh, phenomenal to work with. He's been awesome. Yeah, his artwork is is great. I really enjoyed uh, looking it over. The accompaniment to the story was uh, was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, he's great. He's great, and the colorists are great. Betsy Gonya started it off, and then she uh, we she had to um, part ways uh, with Top Cow, and so Chris Northrup came on board, and uh, he's he's phenomenal too. He, he picked up, and it's seamless. You, you you can't tell that it had uh, a, a second colors come in, and he he uh, he continues to kill it for two and three and on. So uh, yeah, it's been a great creative team. I've been very lucky to have such good artists on it. Speaking of and on, speaking of and on, what is uh, what is the what is the plan? Oh, that's exactly what I was going to ask. Nova, good call. <laughs> yeah, I was saying I was wanting to know what's going on. On what's go? Oh, like what happens in the? What happens well, is going? Is well, it- I mean, in terms of even just the the run that you're going to have with this title, um, you, you said you know issues two, three, and on. Um, how far is that planned out? Well. Um, you know, there's definitely a point at the end of four because we initially, it's you know, look, we we started the series wanting to keep going with it, you know, at, at creatively. But I, you know, there's always this is the reality is there's a business component to it, and so we had to wait and see how it how it how it did. Um, but we definitely put into it that it that there was a lot more story to tell. So there's a point at the end of four where there's some resolution, but at the same time, there's a lot of unanswered questions. And then at five, we pick back up again with a new arc. And that arc will probably, I'll probably keep it up of going a four issue arc and ending a conflict at the end of the four issue arc while still having some unanswered questions. And I mean, as long as fans are interested in reading Eclipse, I will keep going with it. And I mean, I think there's a lot of story to be told in this world because uh, you know, it's it's uh, 
I don't know. It's um, it's not just about this phenomenon. It's a it's a question of survival, and something that I'm very interested to explore is when you're faced with surviving in in any type of difficult situation, do you cut off and disconnect and look out for yourself, or do you connect with others? It's like, do you give into the dark or do you give into the light? And so I think like I think of a series like Walking Dead, and Walking Dead goes on for a while because it's got this very primal um, survival thing that it's looking at of like, what do you do? And the zombies are a manifestation of that. And so for me too, this experience of the sun burning people alive is kind of a manifestation of, of this question of will back stay disconnected or will he connect to others? And, and there are men in this world who are out for themselves, who are um, using power for their own goals. And uh, as long as, you know, men's hearts are dark, you'll always have power struggles and conflicts. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of story to explore um, uh, in terms of, I, I will be thinking of it in four arc, you know, so I'm thinking five through eight, and then I'll think of it nine through twelve, and as long as the as long as the fans keep giving me um, support, I'll keep going. Well, right now I think you're off to an um, an awesome start. Uh, th- like I said, issue one was really strong. So if you guys out there have not read this yet, go out and get it. Issue one was a really really. So I wasn't sure what to think about it initially. I read the concept and I was like, that yeah, sounds like it could go either way. And once I read it, I was like, oh, I'm I'm hooked. This is Thank really you. really well done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What to, you know, it's I, I'm, I'm trying my best. Thank you very much. Oh, no. Thank <laughs> you for putting that this out. Like I said, it's it's something that I look forward to. I love a lot of the Top Cow image stuff that's been coming out lately uh, with Postal probably being like my number one personally. And this is like another one of those things where I could see it becoming one of my top favorites. Like uh, it's. I don't know how to explain it. It's a unique story. It's not a cookie cutter story. There's not anything else out there even remotely close to it. So, um, thank you. I think the only yeah. thing that's remotely even semi close is Joshua Williamson's Frostbite, but that's like the polar opposite with like the cold in the winter instead of the sun right, burning right. alive. So, right. I, I saw mean, that. Yeah, I have to check Frostbite out. Is it? It's just coming out now, or did they have issue one come out? Uh, yeah, issue is one Wednesday? just that's dropped. Sweet. Just mm-hmm. dropped. Yeah. So I need to, I, yeah, I need to check it out. That's literally like the 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 light and dark of Eclipse. But yeah, you know, it's funny. People have asked me, so what's Eclipse like out there? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, it's like it's science fiction. It's got an element of horror in it, kind of, but it's not supernatural, um, unless the sun becoming a deadly monster is supernatural. So yeah, it's kind of. It's kind of got its own thing going. It's interesting you bring up Postal because I did sit down and talk to Brian Hill before I started Eclipse, and he was he was definitely um, really great because you know he he does a really great job of connecting plot and character and theme all kind of together, and so you really feel like everything the meaning is all like connected. And so not only are you getting some amazing pulpy action and great stuff and, and suspense, but there's message there. And so I think I took a lot of that to heart when I was exploring Eclipse. So if Eclipse measures up, um, I would be very uh, proud um, because that, those were things that I was striving for that he does in postal. So uh, yeah, 
Yeah, Brian Hill, we've had on the show a few times, and he is a wonderful guy to bounce ideas off of. Uh, some of the work that he's done has been amazing. But definitely your stuff, Eclipse, is just phenomenal. I see this taking off. Um, I'm just kind of curious, though, <clears throat> besides of Eclipse, is there any other stories that you're currently uh, working on or you have in the works? You know, I, I, I have ideas, and um, maybe if you'd asked me three months ago, I, I would have said, uh, yeah, I, I – will be diving into those things, but I've literally been nonstop on Eclipse. And I think, you know, getting the green light to continue with more issues. I, I sat down, rolled up my sleeves. I'm, I'm working on issues five through eight right now. And I feel a very, I feel like a responsibility because like, I don't know, like the fans so far have been amazing. Like people reaching out to me, telling me how much they love my book. I mean, I'm maybe I'm just new to comics, but I'm like, how can I not continue to <laughs> continue to, to pour my heart into this uh, series and give them more great stories. So, um, so right now in the immediate future, it's really just eclipse eclipse for me, but I'm sure by next year I'll start to have some more um, ideas uh, in the works. Um, but yeah, I got to figure out how to kill people with the sun. I got to f- uh, think of awesome sun kills. It's, uh, it's a hard thing. We had the cool mirror drive by, so yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, one gone already. Yeah, I feel I feel much like uh, in The Walking Dead, where they need to continually do a new zombie kill. I feel like I can't. I gotta be very inventive here. So uh, I'm gonna set the bar high on myself. And try to keep coming up with uh, awesome ways to uh, have the sunburn people alive, um, <laughs> which will be which will be a fun challenge. To- yeah, I was gonna say that's gonna be a challenge and a half. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you guys can uh, you know and fans can let me know if I'm succeeding or failing. You know, maybe they'll be like, yeah. oh, that one was kind of weak. But um, you know, also I think being a first time writer. Um, I, I was told early on, I kind of felt early on that I needed to pack my issues with story that I didn't have the luxury of getting, get, you know, like I'm not a name, no one knows who I am. And so someone's going to pick it up for the story, but they're not going to, if they read a slow burn, they're going to be like, why is this a slow burn? Like, I didn't feel like I had that luxury. So I'm trying to pack story into my issues. I'm trying to, um, even though issue one has a has a, a slow first half to kind of set up the, the mood and the world and 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 um, the character, it, it gets going by the second half. And I feel like issue two it gets going and issue three gets going and issue four it hits hard. I feel like I'm gonna try to keep up the pace so that when people pick up Eclipse, um, they suffer before the next one comes out. I want I want to. Uh, I don't, I'm not, I'm not looking for like a slow burn. I want it to be fun and exciting and uh, I want each issue to stand on its own. So you guys can also hold me to that as I keep going. Well, we will. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Please do. Please do. So is there any other uh, books, I guess, like do you have any other creator owned books in mind for, you know, in the future or is there any other titles that you would just love to work on, whether it be top cow or any of the other publishers out there? Um, I mean, I, I have ideas that I would do for my own creator owned books that, uh, um, are just too new to, to, to bring up or talk about. I really haven't fleshed anything out oh, enough. To, yeah, no, to... Fair enough. I, I get that. I was just, 
And I mean, I I, I grew up reading superheroes, but I think uh, I when I found comic books in adulthood, it was the not superhero stuff that really got me. The Warren Ellis's, you know, Preacher, things like that, that I was just like, oh, this is amazing because it's not just a, a superhero and it. So I'm interested in telling those kinds of things. I mean, I, maybe one day I, uh, you'll find me doing a superhero. I, I, I've always enjoyed those. but um, And I also don't – I always get out-nerded on the superhero stuff. I always, like, I you know, talk about uh, Wolverine or something like that. And just I, I can't keep up with, the, with all the different incarnations and secret wars and rebirths and all that kind of stuff. I get, I get left in the dust. So. That's- that's why you got to do uh, an animal man or, uh, you know, someone who's just one of these like D-list characters and just blow everyone's minds. I would I would be down to do that. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid to tackle anything. I, I'm not. I, but I like things that like look like Eclipse kind of looks at like there's a science fiction element. I like looking at stuff that has a science fiction element. I like looking at stuff that asks that's a little thought provoking that asks questions, but I'm sure there's some cool D list, uh, superheroes out there that need some love that are right up my alley. So I'm not opposed to it, but, um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I can't, I can't truly tell you what the future will hold for me. I'm just kind of along for the ride right now. Well, let's take it back to the past then. I mean, you mentioned that you grew up reading superheroes. What kind of uh, comics did you uh, read growing up? I read a lot of X-Men. I read Wolverine. I think Gambit uh, was a favorite of mine. I I read a lot of the X-Men stuff. I remember reading Spawn. I remember Spawn was, like, darker, and I was, like... um, uh, that was like a guilty pleasure of mine uh, to, to read Spawn because it was yeah. so like it was so messed up in some ways, and I was like, oh my god, am I allowed to read this? At, at however young I was, so um, um, and then I kind of I so I read like comic books growing up, but I don't remember reading any non superhero stuff. I mean, I was just you know seeing Batman movies and reading a couple Batman books here or there. I never was a hundred percent in and I was just kind of enjoying them. And then after, and then I went to college and I abandoned comic books because I was trying to be, you know, cool. And then, uh, and then I realized, wait a minute, I love comic books. And I came back to them, uh, after college and found them again. And that was when I found, you know, like something like Warren Ellis and found like trans metropolitan. I was like, Whoa, this is crazy or ocean. Like, Oh my God, sarcophagus is on, uh, um, a moon of uh, Euro- is it Europa or whatever it's like oh I don't know it's just uh, that was the kind of stuff that made me really get geeky about comic books and I just think what's been going on in comic books is amazing it's just like uh, the, the doors are wide open so um, but I was, I was always a, an enthusiast um, and I think it's almost been in the last 10 years that I've become more of a fan than I was just reading like X-Men growing up because as like a 10 year old reading X-Men, you're not, I don't know. I was, I didn't appreciate, appreciate, I don't know if I appreciated it. And, um, so I don't know. It'd be an interesting thing to go back and read them again and see, see how they, how they are now. But, uh, yeah. Very cool. 
what have you been reading now recently? What's the what's on your to read pile? My pull list. Yeah, your um, pull list. I I I do geek out on anything Rick Remender. Um, I, I I really like the way like I thought Tokyo Ghost was really fascinating, world building, really interesting stuff. Um, I like Descender. I really like what uh, Jeff Lemire is doing in that. Um, um, I mean, I thought uh, anything Greg Rucka is interesting or Warren Ellis. I mean, I still like what he's doing with trees or injection. I try to pick up all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, like I picked up Snot Girl. I was curious because it was mm-hmm. it was killing it. And that was amazing. I was like, wow, this is really well done. It was. Um, yeah, it is. It was really well done. Um, I, I mean, I liked sex criminals that's really well done bitch planet is so well done um so i mean i I appreciate the unique ones too i like my science fiction and i like the unique the unique one like like bitch planet you know it's so strong in its point of view i mean that's something i really appreciate um how strong uh the the voice is on that one um what else is out now that is awesome um, I like Invisible Republic. That's kind of really cool, like the political element of it all. You know, like I like the a, a journalistic political uh, story in outer space. Like that's that's awesome. I think Horizons got off to a cool start. I'm curious to see where that goes. That's a uh, really cool. So, I mean, I I live in the image lane. Um, I like some. T- I postal. I'm on board with postal. Um, yeah. Um, what else? I mean, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time, but an expensive time to be. A, yeah. A oh God. And yeah. then I'll tell you, you know what else ruins it? Now that I'm a creator, I've got an appreciation for issues. So I did have the guilty habit of sometimes buying a one and maybe a two and then waiting for the trade. And now I'm like, wait a minute. I really want people to support my two and my three and my four. So now I should be supporting issues. And so, uh, now not only am I, uh, now I find myself buying lots of issues too, which is, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a problem. Comic books is a problem. (laughs) Where's the support group for this? There there comes that point where you, you get your pull box and you realize, good Lord, there's no more, there's no more room to write down than this new series. I want to add. If yeah. you're buying, uh, if you're buying more books than you can uh, read by a, a factor of five, then you have a problem. If I think I have a problem. You, yeah. If you go into the comic book store and and you're trying to just buy one issue of something and you spend a hundred dollars, you have a problem. I mean, we could go on and on on this list. Uh, yeah, it's a problem, but I guess it's a good problem to have comparatively. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I went to my uh, get my pull box uh, this last week, and they had my pull box went from just one box to box A and B. Oh my god, <laughs> that's a problem. And what it's, about, and it's what, like ninety eight percent all image too. Yeah, I, me too. Me too. What about when the when the store owner or the manager tells you they've added something to your list uh, without uh, asking you? 
oh, I get that yeah. all the time. And they're like, we know you would want this. We added it. Are you comfortable yeah. with it? I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's image after all. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, wait a minute. So so I, um, I'm now the drug dealer is, is adding on more drugs for me. Like, yes. like don't worry about it, man. You'll like it. Trust me. Cocaine, but I'm also going to put in some of this other stuff. Just take yeah. it. You'll be fine. It's like, okay. All sure. the cool kids are getting it. Well, yeah, come on. Everyone's doing it's it. It's already going into a second printing. Trust yeah. me. You'll like yeah. it. <laughs> man, you're going to get so high off Eclipse, man. That's great. <laughs> that does sound like a drug name. Yeah. Um, clip, yeah, the clip, clip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get going on your. So, uh, speaking of drugs, uh, what do you like to do for fun? What is Zach Kaplan doing when he's not writing comics? Or read when I'm not writing or reading comics. Or reading, yeah. I try to honestly. I try to play video games. I try to to or see movies. I get to the theater so rarely. I don't know about you guys, but like, uh, I find getting to the movie theaters is like a whole ordeal nowadays. It's like a, a huge commitment. But I occasionally get to a, a movie theater. Um, I I you know I'm trying to play Fallout Four and get lost in a post apocalyptic uh, inspiration there. Um, yeah, um, spend time with the fam. Um, that's pretty much that's pretty much my life is is writing comic books, reading comic books. Um, I'm trying to trying to enjoy a little bit of entertainment, whether it's a, a video game or a movie, and uh, taking the dog on a walk, spending time with the fam. Uh, that's about it. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's the thing about geek culture, right? You lose yourself in in stories so uh and it's so much fun to do so uh yeah i got i i I have politics on the back on in the background a lot um i get angry about watching politics oh and then of course i play poker i play poker weekly that's uh i've had a weekly poker game for 13 years straight every week Wow, nice. wow. Yeah. very cool. Long time. When I when I first met my wife and she asked me, uh, "What if I wasn't okay with poker night?" I said, "Don't ask that question. That was the, <laughs> that's the it's wrong." Me the poke, it's me and the poker, or else that's a <laughs> yeah. Deal don't ask. Don't ask. Don't try to split me up from my poker yeah. night. That's my. That's like my release. It's like after a crazy that's long insane. day, I'm gonna gonna sit back and play some cards. So I'm a so huge when- poker fan. So when's poker night and what's the buy-in? Are you a poker player? I love playing poker, yes. <laughs> I have I have two seven tattooed on my arm. Oh. It's the worst hand in poker. It's the worst <laughs> hand because it's the two lowest cards that don't make a, a straight. So two sevens yeah. rough. Uh I have a week uh Thursday nights is poker night. It's a twenty dollar buy-in. I keep it nice and low so people can rebuy a lot. I hold the record for the uh, uh, most rebuys at my own uh, game. I think I fought in <laughs> the eight or ten. I've been there. I've been so, there. Uh, but yeah, the problem is I can't leave because I'm hosting the game. So everybody else can be like, "I'm coming." After three buy-ins, I'm out, and I'm like, uh, "I'm not going anywhere. Let's just keep yeah. going." Or you can just sit there. With, 
you can sit there with your arms crossed and just staring at everyone. Like, you guys gonna leave soon? (laughs) That sometimes happens. Well, when we do tournaments, that happens because I'll bust out if I bust out of a tournament and then they're going till like midnight. Uh, and I'm just sitting there watching them play for my what was supposed to be my prize, and they're playing for it. Yeah, because their queen came on the river or whatever. Uh, yeah, so uh, I but I. Bu- oh go ahead. yeah, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I was always a big blackjack guy. I never really yeah. got into. See, poker. I'm a blackjack guy. I too. couldn't figure blackjack's easy for me. It, it's it's simple math. Poker, I tried to learn it more. Like I when I was a kid, I played like you know five card stud or whatever, but. Uh, you know, nowadays with like the Texas Hold'em and stuff, I don't understand any of it. I don't, I can't, I tried to learn. I just can't do it. Oh, I, I bet, enjoy it all too, man. Yeah, you could learn it. I feel like the only thing you need to be good at poker is you need to be able to sit down at the table, look across, stare someone in the face and being willing to lie to take all their money. If you can do that, <laughs> you can be a great poker yeah. player. But I say it yeah. with honesty because some people have sat down at my table and they'll have the best hand and they're like, Oh, I don't want to bet. I'll just check. I'll just take what's already up there. It's like, no, you have to be cutthroat. It's a, it's a game. But um, I love blackjack too. I, uh, I mean, I love the kind of like everybody. I think who gets really into blackjack tries to learn how to count cards. And yeah, then you all... I did. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not as simple as uh, as twenty one makes yeah. it look. <laughs> no, at, at this point, I mean. You sit there and you're like, you think you've counted all like the cards, you've got the number in your head, and then you get to the very end and you like up your bets because you think the pot, you think it's all ripe, and you still lose like a ton of money, and you're yeah. like, wait, come, it worked for them and not for me, yeah. yeah I actually played once with this guy because, um, as you know, when you play blackjack, you got to kind of sort of play as a team to beat the dealer. You don't want to, you know, <laughs> screw anyone over. And uh, there's this older guy that was playing next to me, and he was counting cards. Like, he had to have been, because I had a 19, and I was like, oh, I'm going to stay. He goes, hit. I said, you're insane, sir. I have a 19. I'm good. He goes, trust me, hit. I go, nope, nope, I'm good. I'm not losing my money. He threw down the bet for me and goes, hit. I was like, I'll pay you back for the bet if you lose. I said, all right. So I hit, flipped a 221. I could not believe it. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, was yeah, like, he had to be counting. He was counting, right? Oh, yeah. He had to have been. He was this older Asian gentleman, and he kept telling me to call him Jackie Chan all night. I was like, sir, yeah. this is amazing. He goes, just call me Jackie Chan. I was like, all right. But no, the it casino, was incredible. The I've never seen have crazy characters, too. I mean, when I was a dealer, there was a pimp that would come in in a, in a crushed red velvet suit. And he would drink uh, his gin and tonics. He would not sit down at, at the poker table. And he would just go, ice, baby, ice. He would get it all in. And he would wait. He would treat it like it was craps. And, uh, I mean, <laughs> it's wow. like, it's poker, dude. But he was he would splash money around. I mean, it's uh, casinos are funny as hell. But, um, yes, yeah. Yeah. Gambling. Gotta love it. Yeah, I'm, lately I've been actually been working on card flourishes and shuffles. Just, well, for the, just for the fun of it. Yeah. Have you moved on from the chip? Did you ever try the chip twirling and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been working on that. I've also now been working on my uh, – I, I like to do amateur magic as well. I've got my calm, card palming down pretty good now. <laughs> You're good. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, you know, uh, I've had experience with a, with a mechanic too. 
as mm-hmm. a dealer, seeing seeing a mechanic in 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 action. Those are the the guys who can cheat the deck and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, that's crazy stuff. So I mean, the things that sometimes a, a guy and a and a deck of cards, uh, it's a it's a pretty uh, you know the the manipulation is pretty awesome. It so, is. It really is. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to Vegas in a few weeks. I'm hoping I can. Uh, I'm hoping I can get a little bit of blackjack in. It's kind of a business trip, but I have like a bunch of free time as well. So I'm I'm hoping to get a little bit of blackjack in, and we'll see what kind of crazy characters I run into. Well, that's the cool thing about blackjack is it's a very like relaxing yes, game. Yes. Poker is not a relaxing yeah. game for most people. I think I find it relaxing, even though it's prop. Like if you probably watched me, you'd re- I'm not relaxed, but I am relaxed. But like it's an adrenaline. Poker is an adrenaline. It game. is. Yeah. But uh. See, that's why I got to bring the bottle of Jameson with with your uh, tin of quarters. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For sure. Totally. Um. Uh, Cool. So poker. Yeah. So going from <laughs> poker, according to your bio, you used to teach screenwriting in the Philippines. Yeah. How did uh, that come about? I mean, that almost sounds like it's one of those like once in a lifetime type opportunities that you don't really hear many people being able to do. It was. Uh, I went to USC film school. I got my master's in writing film and TV. And so and then I came out and ironically enough, became a poker dealer while I was writing and um, uh, a friend of mine from USC, there was a company over in the Philippines. They were making international movies, low budget, mostly mid budget, low budget movies. And they had a film school attached to it. And and this was an international film school, kids from all over the world, uh, Africa, Germany, Russia, Brazil, everywhere. Um, And she said, they're looking for, writers at the film company and they're looking for teachers, someone to do both. And I, I loved teaching. I taught, um, I taught film at an inner city school. And, uh, so I said, yes, I'm in. It was really actually, it was an interesting decision because I, I remember debating about it, feeling like if I left my life here in the States, that I'd be leaving everything. And the irony was I came back a year later and was like, said, to my friends, like, so what's happened? And they're like, not much. Everything's the same. So I realized that I didn't miss anything. But, uh, yeah, the Philippines, it's amazing. It's literally one of the most beautiful countries in the world. I mean, like, white sand beaches, one after another. I think the beach with Leonardo was shot near there, maybe? Or is it Thailand? Maybe it was shot in Thailand. But it's like it's like that. It's just beautiful. The food's great. Everyone speaks English. It's the fourth largest English speaking country in the world. So it's really easy to navigate. It's, um, it was awesome. I got to travel all over Southeast Asia. I was living in a third world country, which was very interesting. I mean, even though the compound I was on was, was secure and we had running water and stuff right outside the, the, the gates, there were tin huts and chickens and, and, uh, it was third world. It was very, it was yeah, it was a once in a lifetime experience, and I I was uh, uh, I was tall for the first time in my life. It was great. <laughs> oh, I hear you there. I mean, I've been to being in the military. I've been to you know the Philippines, many other places. And then, yeah, that's the first thing. It's like you know, being five foot four. It's like oh my gosh, I am tall. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like nah, it's nice. I can see where everybody's heads. Yeah, they were like you know, I was yeah, I was tall for the first time. I was I was also cooler than I had ever been before because I was just 
international and American. I mean, I remember going to like the local uh, clubs and bars and there would be like a line around the block and I'd be able to literally walk right up to the door and get in because I was an American. They were like, oh, let the American in. Like he'll probably they thought I was going to spend a lot of money. So now that I'm thinking about it, maybe they were using me. But uh, it was still cool cool to get through the front of the line. The joke's uh, on them. I didn't spend anything. (laughs) And no, because a pack of cigarettes will buy you alcohol for the whole evening. (laughs) That's right. Man, uh, I was also uh, rich over there because, I mean, uh, you can get the best seafood and steak and beer and everything. I mean, it's very affordable. So it was uh, uh, it's really it was a great place to 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 live for a year. And then I got to teach writing and I love I love teaching writing. I love talking about story. It was really cool to have um, that the, the students were like anywhere from like 18 to 40. So there was this whole mix of, of students from all over the world who were looking to – and it was one of those kinds of programs where they were writing short films in my class, and then they were going literally grabbing the camera and shooting them like that weekend. And like so it was guerrilla filmmaking where they were you know, all helping each other make short films. So that was really cool because I'd help them write something, and a couple weeks later they'd, they'd be able to put it up and we'd be able to watch it. So um, – so, yeah, it was a really cool experience. It was one of a once-in-a-lifetime experience for sure. Very cool. So are you doing any sort of screenwriting now, like on the side, or is it just strictly focused on comic writing and that's it? I, I've i had a lot of irons in the fire over the, over the past year or so, and uh, it's something I've been doing for a while. I've kind of existed in in this intermediate world of, of writing in in film and TV where I might get paid to write for something here or there. I might get a pitch. I might get a, a big producer on board, but then it, it, it still doesn't see the light of day. And so while I got paid to write a script or I, I got a, you know, a, a, I, I got farther than a lot of people get with something. It's, it's still not like it's on TV or it's in theaters. And so, um, I have a lot of like irons in the fire in that regard. Um, but I've been very fulfilled by eclipse. And I mean, I always wanted to, to, to write a comic book and the fact that it's finally happening and it's been such a rewarding experience. I'm really excited to, to do a lot more of it. And so I can kind of, I mean, I definitely intend to spend a lot more of my time uh, doing it. And I didn't, uh, you know, I I knew I wanted to do one, but I didn't I didn't know it would be so rewarding. Um, there's something really powerful that I don't think film and TV writers have that I'm I'm writing something and then I'm handing it. I'm I'm sitting at a table at a convention and someone's walking up and I'm handing them my book and they're saying they already read it and they love it and they just want it signed. There's this like tactile like experience of uh, and this direct relationship between the writer and the reader in comic books that's i just think really cool so um i'm i'm kind of addicted to that so uh so yeah i do have other things you know i have other scripts out there that i've written um in film and tv and stuff like that but i'm not entirely sure if a lot of my energy will be spent there as I move forward, I'll have to see. I'm kind of enjoying comics a lot. So it is a fun medium. Yes. It's a great medium. I, you know, since you guys talk nothing but comics, I'll tell you, uh, 
one thing that was very interesting for me in writing the medium was in film and TV, you deal in time. Like they always say a page is a minute. And so when you think about writing it, you're thinking about how long or how short something will be in time once it's on the screen. But in comics, it's space. It's like, how much space does this moment take up? Do I have five panels or one panel? Do I stretch this out or compact it? And then, and then there's like this different relationship because the reader is getting to control the pace as they read down the page. Whereas they don't control the pace when you're watching a TV show that the, the TV show is coming at you at a pace that you just have to take. So it's been really interesting as I'm doing it. Like I've read comic books for years, but now that I'm doing it, I'm like, wow, there's some really fascinating aspects of like, like space and pacing and stuff. It's really, it's really cool. So yeah, it is a great medium. Very cool. Um, so one last question for you tonight. The one that we always ask everybody is what is in your short box or what is currently in your stack, your to read stack? We already asked that. Oh, oh we, well, yeah, we went through that, that already. We went through that already. <laughs> it dawned on me as I was asking. I can we tell you what's at the top. For last. I can tell you what's at the top. Let me see here. Oh, uh, Paper Girls. I haven't read Paper Ooh, Girls. Okay. Oh, yes. Start nice. that tonight. I love BKB. That that's such a great series. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. I'm always torn between whether to keep up with other series or start a new one. And like Paper Girls is one where I'm like, I know once I start it, I'm gonna be in it, right? You yes, yeah. you will. Did you watch those Stranger Things on Netflix? No, that, that's the, that's at the top of my uh, my TV lists. Stranger, there you go. Do like an October Stranger Things Paper Girls month, and then you'll see me like announcing my next comic is going to be like 1980s inspired because I'll be like <laughs> living in this uh, style. So yeah, those are the, those are those are the two things at the top of my list. Add sure. Luke Cage to that list too. Oh yeah, on Netflix, I've heard it's amazing. Oh, it's awesome. Did you like The Wire on HBO? Yeah. Okay, Mark Bernardin from um, Fat Man on Batman, he said it best. It's really Marvel's version of The Wire, is what it is. Wow. It's so good. Uh, I got a friend who writes, uh, and he's on The Punisher, and uh, he tells me that the the level of attention that they're putting into these Marvel Netflix shows on is just a, it's really high end. They're they're yes. taking them very seriously. And uh, he said the Punisher is just going to be ridiculously awesome. And I've heard everyone talk. Luke Cage is great. So, yeah, uh, I'll put it on my list. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for taking another 10 hours of my life. <laughs> hey, that's what we're here for. It you might like be the, closer to 12, but, you know, 12, it's worth it. You're, the, you're just like the retailer. You're just like the comic book store owner. Who's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to sneak just, this in your I'm list. and. Uh, on your pull list too just watch it try it you won't regret it you'll like it you'll be back for more <laughs> and then you guys have the audacity to ask me what i do for fun then uh, <laughs> so when you're not reading comics or watching tv what are you doing and it's like what are you talking about well that's what i'm doing well, we wanted to know if you had free time so we could we could put these uh shows on you and i, I guess it worked out so yeah yeah i have free time to watch luke cage and and stranger things and read paper Good. bro <laughs> multitask 
Sorry, honey, I can't tonight. I got I got Peeper Girls to finish up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I just uh, I just read it in bed. That's uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the nice thing. So, I mean, Paper Girls is what issue nine right now, and you can binge read that in one evening quickly. Yeah, easily. I can catch up to that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, thank thanks for taking the time to talk to us tonight. Uh, it's been, it's been a big pleasure on our end. Oh, thank yeah, you, man. Definitely. Thanks so much. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking out Eclipse and supporting the book. I appreciate it. Oh, of course, yeah, definitely. Really well, sure. and you are welcome back on the show at any time. Yes, sure. Let's do it. I'll uh, we'll 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 come back uh, when we're d- deeper in. Yeah, sounds good. That would be great. And bring uh, Giovanni with you too. We can uh, make it a little a bigger roundtable. Uh, you know what? I uh, he lives in Italy and he does okay. not like to do uh, podcasts because I think he's uh, he feels maybe his English is not uh, good enough. Even though I think he's completely wrong, but uh, but uh, you know who else I can I would I will try to bring on next time is Chris Northrup, who's uh, hmm. the colorist and who's just awesome. awesome. Very cool. Yeah. That would be great. I'll throw some Italian out if Giovanni does come in. So. Do you speak Italian? Well, there you not, go. Not fluently, but I lived there for six years. I know enough. <laughs> you know enough to seduce him. I got yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Giovanni, bello, come back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the awesome. first thing you learn in living in any foreign country is how to uh, how to uh, talk to the women. So It, it, it has yeah. to be. Yeah. And in fact, that's where I met my wife. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> yes. Uh, I speak the truth. That is yes, the truth. It is the truth. Thanks for joining us. Check us out, 4guysinacomic.com, and follow us on social media, Twitter, at number 4, Guys in a Comic, Facebook, keyword 4, Guys in a Comic. Also, check out popnerdtv.com and contv.com. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>